Good morning. My name is Paula, and my Dharma name is Shimjin. This Thursday is Thanksgiving, a tradition based on the Colonial Pilgrims' 1621 harvest meal, and in 1863, President Abraham Lincoln designated the last Thursday in November as a national day of Thanksgiving. What are you feeling grateful for today, this season, or this year? Please feel free to share in the chat room if you're inclined. Today I'd like to share some reflections about gratitude, including some prayers, and what I've learned about gratitude while preparing for this Dharma talk. Albert Einstein once said, there are two ways to live your life. One is though nothing is a miracle, and the other is though everything's a miracle. My gratitude journey is connected to my spiritual journey, and my spiritual journey is deeply influenced by my parents and my grandmother. I grew up north of Cincinnati in Ohio with three older brothers, and my parents raised us Episcopalians, and I continued on that path into my 30s when I began exploring other faiths. Like many families, we recited a blessing prior to our meals. I recently asked my brothers what they remembered about praying, and they shared that we regularly said a blessing before dinner and on Sundays at breakfast after church and on special occasions. We had two simple blessings, and I'd like to share them with you today. They're short, but they serve the purpose to pause, be present, and offer gratitude. The first one goes like this. Bless, O God, this food to our use, and us to thy service, and make us every mindful for the needs of others. I don't believe this is an official Episcopalian blessing, but one that my father learned growing up in a Methodist family in rural Missouri. Now I can see how this prayer aligns with the principles of Wan Buddhism, gratitude, service, mindfulness. The other family blessing was like this. Thank you for the food that's been prepared for us and the many blessings that have been given us through life. My mother would often tell us to count our blessings. And if we were complaining about something, she would ask us to focus on what was going well. So this short prayer reinforced her ongoing message to us. Be thankful for what we have and don't focus on what is lacking. So this was our family ritual, short prayers before meals. Sometimes my dad said the blessing. Sometimes we said it in unison. Sometimes one of the children recited it. I remember when I was about eight years old, I went to a friend's house for dinner, and they didn't say a blessing. And I thought it was strange, and so I offered to say it. And as I matured and went off to college, I lost the practice. Students in the dining hall didn't say prayers before they ate, but occasionally I did notice students bowing their head in silence. I adopted this practice of silent prayer, and when I returned home, I enjoyed re-engaging in the family ritual of saying a blessing out loud. And like many things, after being away and coming back, it's more meaningful. My current practice for praying before meals ranges from a free-form blessing to silence. My free-form blessing acknowledges 
All those who've had a hand in the preparation of food, the farmers, the people who delivered it to the stores, the people working in the stores, and the many people we don't see. And then the prayer expands beyond the meal to asking for healing or ease, those experiencing illness, or for safety for those who are traveling, and end with gratitude for my family and friends. Sometimes my prayers are too long, and everyone is hungry and ready to eat, and I know I've gone too long when there's an amen before I'm finished and a laugh. And now I see why my parents stuck to short prayers with four children at dinner time. Prior to COVID, we were sharing a meal with dear friends, and our friend Lori offered this blessing, and it's become one of our favorites. We receive this food as a sacred offering, celebrating the interconnectedness of all of life. May it nourish us and strengthen us so we may be capable of bringing benefit to all we touch. Do you have a favorite meal blessing that you'd like to share in the chat? My gratitude practice is closely tied to prayer, and I've been trying to reconcile my desire to pray and how that fits with Wan Buddhism. I spoke with Reverend Wangong about prayer, and there were three things that stayed with me about that conversation. She shared that members of this community participated in a thousand-day prayer when contemplating building this temple. For big decisions, the scriptures encourage us to engage in prayer. She also shared that she and her colleagues spent a lot of time in prayer while studying to be reverends, and that she thinks of prayer as a conversation with the truth. Chapter 9 in the Wan Buddhist scriptures, the Red Book, is dedicated to prayer. It's titled Silent Declaration and Formal Prayer. In another section, the Dharma Discourses of Cardinal Master Chongsong, Chapter 7, Exhortations to Practice the Way, there's a passage about prayer. A student asked, Are recitation of Buddha's name and seated meditation the only ways of practicing absorption? The master said, if the mind is focused on one spot and is free from attachments, no matter what you are doing, that can be a form of absorption practice. Praying can also be a way of absorption practice. In all matters, and in accordance with the characteristics of each situation, if with sound thought you focus on what you should, and let go of what you should, you will attain a great power of absorption. Seated meditation is a great path of absorption practice, and praying is a shortcut. If you gain one pointedness of mind while performing your prayers, then you will gain both the Dharmakaya Buddha's awesome power and power of absorption. What stands out to me about this passage is the call for one-pointedness of mind and focus. And as I was preparing for this Dharma talk and reflecting on this passage, I realized some of my gratitude prayers had become routine, and I was not fully embodying the words as I said them. I was going through the motions and not fully concentrating. 
Another connection between prayer and gratitude for me is remembering the many meaningful visits that Reverend Wang Gong had with my mother as she was declining and then eventually in hospice. Reverend Wang Gong was like an angel who would float in, and with great skill, in a short amount of time, she would share a formal prayer of peace and ease. My mother would often say she felt deep peace after Reverend Wang Gong had visited, and for this I will be eternally grateful. One definition of gratitude is the ability to see wonder, beauty, and acceptance in each of our experience, even when they're difficult. I began this morning saying that I hope to share with you today some reflections about gratitude and some prayers and what I learned about gratitude as I was preparing for today's talk. I listened to many podcasts about gratitude, and there was one podcast by Reverend On Lee in 2017 that I listened to multiple times. She shared that gratitude is a feeling, not intellectual thinking. This is a very simple and powerful concept, and it awakened me to cultivate the feeling of gratitude. I call these awakenings holy shifts. And even though I had a regular great gratitude prayer practice, it was more in my head than in my heart. And so the combination of praying with one pointedness of mind and cultivating a feeling of gratitude has deepened my gratitude practice. In Reverend Lee's podcast, she said, gratitude turns what we have already into enough, and gratitude changes everything. This also relates to a phrase that I learned during COVID, slowing down enough to catch up with yourself. When I slow down enough to catch up with myself, I'm more mindful and I can appreciate more of what I have versus what is lacking. In addition to listening to prior Dharma talks, I read this book of joy, The Lasting Happiness in a Changing World by the Dalai Lama Desmond Tutu with Douglas Abrams. This book is a delightful read of the time they spent together in celebrating Dalai Lama's 80th birthday. There's a lot of wisdom in this book, and I laughed out loud a few times. And I learned that gratitude is one of the eight pillars of joy. Here are a few gratitude nuggets that I took away from the Book of Joy. The Dalai Lama described gratitude as, quote, the recognition of all that holds us in the web of life and all that has made it possible to have the life that we have in the moment that we are experiencing, unquote. He went on to say that whatever life gives, you can respond with gratitude. Gratitude does not depend on what happens. It is the grateful response to the opportunity that life offers you at this moment. This reminded me of the Wan Buddhist concept, all is grace. In the book, Brother David Steisel Rass, a Catholic priest and scholar who spent a great deal of time in Christian Buddhist interfaith dialogue, explained, It is not happiness that makes us grateful, but it's gratefulness that makes us happy. The book was filled with research about gratitude. 
A UC Davis professor, Robert Emmons, in, has been studying gratitude for over a decade. In one of his studies with his colleagues, Michael McCullough and Joanne Song, they found that people who focus on gratitude by keeping a list of what they're grateful for exercised more, had fewer symptoms, felt better about their lives, they were more positive about the week ahead compared to those that recorded hassles or neutral events. Also, those who focus on gratitude were more likely to make progress towards their important personal goals, and grateful people reported more positive emotions, vitality, greater life satisfaction with lower levels of stress and depression. So it seems that keeping a gratitude journal is motivating and can improve your health. I also learned that through the research that it's shown that a simple act of smiling for as little as 20 seconds can trigger positive emotions, jumpstart happiness and gratitude. And I'm wondering if this is why Reverend Wang Gong encourages us to do smiling meditation and laughing meditation. Gratitude is a foundational element of Wan Buddhism. I just completed a 10-week online class with Reverend Wang Gong. The course was Wan Buddhist Doctrine and its Application, the Turtle Chart Dharma Course. It'll be offered again in January of 2020, and I'd highly recommend it. This is a slide from one of our classes, and I now refer to it regularly as I fo stay focused on my gratitude practice. In reflection on these principles, I noticed that the first principle, the principle of gratitude to heaven and earth, is a developmental opportunity for me. Sometimes I give freely, not expecting anything in return, and other times I do not. So why is this so, and how can I change? Perhaps slowing down to catch up with myself and being more mindful as I'm giving, being more mindful of the intention to give fully and freely. In the Book of Joy, the Dalai Lama shared that impermanence is a natural part of life. All things are slipping away, and gratitude helps us catalog, celebrate, and rejoice in each day in each moment before they slip through the vanishing hourglass of experience. Does this sound like savoring to you? Perhaps as we savor our Thanksgiving meal this year, we can savor the feeling of gratitude. When we are grateful, we act out of a sense of enough and not out of scarcity, and we're willing to share. So let us pause and savor this day this week and this Thanksgiving. Let us savor this temple and the community and all who have had a hand in making it a beautiful and peaceful place. And with this gratitude, let us share with a generosity and a full heart. Thank you. <laughs>